Welcome to the Brown Girl Rising podcast. I'm your host, Urvashi, and I'm so happy to have you here. We are here to celebrate you and incredible, inspirational women of color from around the world. Women who are breaking down cultural barriers, who are smashing through glass ceilings, and women who have experienced trauma and challenges and risen from these challenges. I'm so excited, so let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome to Brown Girl Rising. Today I have the most beautiful Vina Nea with me. She is the owner of Pretty Perfect London, a makeup artist, a business consultant, and a woman who inspires people to have breakthroughs. In 2006, Vina experienced a life-changing moment and conquered her fears. She firewalked, she glasswalked, she broke an arrow with her neck, oh my god, and she came out feeling completely empowered. Like she could do anything and face this world head on. This was a turning point for Vina in her life and I'm so excited to get into this and what Vina's up to these days. So, Vina, welcome to the podcast. How are you Thank today? You, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. So, look, Vina, I always start my podcast off with this one question, and I want to ask you it as well. So, what does it mean to you to be unlimited? Okay. So, I would say for me, it's I now feel I can do things that I would have thought I couldn't do before. So, my limiting beliefs always kicked in. No, I can't do this. I'm small. I'm Asian. Shouldn't do this. Shouldn't do that. But now I'll, I'll do anything and everything. I'll at least try. Mm. That for me is if you don't try, you don't know. You can't say no to something without even looking into it. If there's no knowledge behind your answer, how are you saying no? So that's me now is I wish I'd done a lot of things sooner in life. Like mm. What I'm doing now in my 50s, I, sh- I, I wish I'd done in my 30s and 40s. So now I'm doing all the things that people probably tell me I shouldn't do. And I'm like, yeah, watch me. I I'm love that. I love that. First of all, I want to go back and say, by the way, you don't look 50. Can I just say you still look like you're in your 20s, like 28? Definitely. Thank and secondly, you. <laughs> and secondly, you mentioned being small and Asian. So can we just go back to that? Now, why did being small because you are dinky and Asian make you feel like you didn't or you weren't empowered to do the things maybe that you wanted to do back then so I mean I was born in 1972 so in those days so I was one of the eldest girls in the family there was a lot of um, expectations so if as you're the eldest you're going to have an arranged marriage as you're the eldest you're going to set an example yeah, most of them didn't follow Sue and didn't follow my example but you know it's fine I set the example so it was always like you know you're Asian this is the way things should be done you are um small so you can't do certain things you know you're not going to be able to go and pick that table up or wait for somebody else to do it and I started believing that so I would actually wait for somebody to come and help me mm. whereas what I should have done was try but I was always told and made to believe that, no, you can't do these things. So when I was going to firewalk then in 2006, I was I think I still went with that belief. Oh, no, but I'm small. Oh, no, but I'm Asian and Asians don't do things like this. And no, you can't go away by yourself um, and leave your children at home and everybody's going to be like, where are you going? But mm. I did. I went away. Yeah. 
Firewalk, and I know we'll talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, it's a lot of um, growing up with um, thinking Indian girls don't do this. Yeah. So you faced a lot of cultural barriers. Yeah. Yeah. Do you and going back to 2006, do you think that was the point where you decided where that cultural barriers didn't exist for you anymore? Um, yes, I I sort of went to that a little bit accidentally. Um, so my friend wanted to go. She was like, come with me. But then she didn't end up going. And then it was a four day event with Tony Robbins. Oh, wow. And um, it was the Unleash Your Power Within. And I was then when she wasn't going, I almost backed out. And I was like, one, it was, I'm not going to be allowed to go because I wasn't allowed to do most things. Two, how can I need my children? Three, I've never been anywhere by myself in my life. Wow. And I was thankful. I've never been anywhere by myself. Wow. So it was like, and I was, I was only going to the other side of London, but that was a big deal for me. And I was going to stay in a hotel and I was going to be away and with lots of strangers. And these events are big. Yeah. And, you know, then 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 there's me like thinking oh my god this little me is going to walk into this big event and when I did I literally felt tiny um and see Tony Robbins big loud the energy is massive and I've never been to anything like this mm. and I was like whoa and then when it came to the firewalk I was like I ain't doing that I, I in my head I went outside I followed everybody I went outside but I was like I'm not going to do it and seriously then, yeah I went out because everybody was going out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go too. So I got to, and I was paired up with somebody because obviously I didn't know anybody then. It was just, it was a man from Sweden. Don't even remember his name. And he was partnered up with me and I was like, I'm not going to do it. And he was like, no, you will, you will. He went first and he stood at the other end and he was like, you can do this. And I was like, I was like no, I'm not doing it. Wow. And then everybody starts cheering, the energy literally lifts. And I was like, okay, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And I did it. And yeah, that was a massive breakthrough for me. So yeah, at 34, having never done anything, not even left the house, never been anywhere by myself to then go away somewhere and go and do a flight walk. Yeah. And that was a little bit. Yeah. It was big. It was yeah. really big. That is really big. And isn't it amazing how like at home you felt like this small, you know, Indian girl. And then when you went there, you had encouragement from people you'd never met. And how beautiful is that to be like at mm. home? I don't have this. But when I'm out of my home, you know, I am a bigger person. I am kind of encouraged by all these people. And that's what I've noticed in just being in this space is actually most of my, I would say, uh, people who encourage me and tell me to drive forward are people like yourselves and we've known each other barely I mean I met you at the firewalk that I did in March first time mm. obviously I knew yeah. of you I'd been to Pretty Perfect before for a facial with Neha but like that was the first time I met you so it's incredible so look you are a bit of a serial entrepreneur yeah um can you tell me a little bit about how you found your passion and your purpose um which one do I start on um okay so my purpose right now is the late the company the latest company I've started which is Soulfire with a lady called Deepa who's a yoga teacher and that is going to be getting people to do things like glass walks fire walks arrow breaking brick breaking board breaking and just to not just say no straight away, to say, I can't do that, or you're brave, or you can do that, it's all right for you, or um, 
without actually having any knowledge behind how do we fly a walk? How mm. long does it take? Are you prepared for it? So that's what, that's my latest purpose is to stop people being so scared. Because once you do things like that, I mean, I've got one lady and she has allowed me to share her story. Um, she did the fly walk in March, same time as you did. And she went on her first, she's in her late 40s, I think, and she's gone on a solo cruise. She okay. messaged me from the cruise to say, um, this is what I've done. And it was because of the fire walk that I'm now doing this. So for me, that's so heartwarming to know that, especially South Asian women, you know, sometimes we're scared or mostly it's scared of what people will say. Mm. Scared. Honestly, there was a time when I was probably scared of my own shadow. But um, that's why I've started the latest company is to stop people being scared. And it's not just for women, it's for men too. You know, men always have to show up as the provider, the man mm. who is going to do everything. But it's not always down to them. So the firewalk is for men and women. So, yeah, that's my latest thing. Yes, I've got Pretty Perfect as well. So how the firewalk started was um, I wanted to do another one when I, was, when I turned 50. Mm. And so that was March last year. This year? Oh, no, okay. I was 51 on this firework. Okay. So, uh, but I didn't get around to it because everyone I started talking to, they were like, oh, I want to do one, I want to do one. So I was like, oh, maybe I can just host this for people. And I kept thinking is when somebody comes in for a beauty treatment, sometimes there's um, a reason why they're coming in. It might not just be because they've got a special occasion so they need to have facials. Sometimes it's a bit of TLC. Mm. They need a little bit of pampering. They need a bit of me time. And it could be because they're going through something in life. So, yes, the massage makes you feel good. The facial makes you feel good. But it's all very temporary. And then you need another fix of something to make you feel good. But what if I could give everybody, so it started off by offering it to my clients, yeah. what if I could give everyone a power that I pulled on, that I did when I was 34, I then pulled on that power when I was 50 years old, so so many years later um and finally did um well I was just going to fly walk but then I thought no do you know what I'll, I'll host it yes I nearly fell off my chair when I got the cost for it and I was like whoa am I ready to do this but I was like it's fine I, I can do this and I'll find a way and I'll sell tickets and it will happen and the right people mm. will come along mm. so that's how the pretty perfect firewalk started pretty perfect London which is the beauty clinic is with me and my sister a lot younger than me and quite honestly I couldn't do it without her you've got to have the right people in life who just show up for you and yes I know she's my sister but she had to believe in me she's 17 years younger than me she had to believe that she can give up her corporate job to come and join me um and start pretty perfect yeah so yeah that's just some of the things I do there there are other things but I won't bore you with all of them (laughs) I'm one of these people if I get an idea in my head I have to follow it through yeah so I'll work out how to I'll work out the pros and cons um but the biggest thing that keeps me going is I know I have to be consistent um if you are some of the people who really really know me I am always consistent um and that's what follows my idea through and I'm normally very passionate about it like I can't sleep I have to keep a notebook by my bed then because I'm going to think of something at two o'clock in the morning and as long as I've written it down and it's written down I'll deal with it yeah Um, and I get very excited. Um, so 
it's being consistent, being excited and passionate about it. And that yeah. keeps me going. So generally, when I get an idea, I do follow it through. Yeah. So actually, we did your human design yesterday and you came out as a manifesting generator. So everything you've just said there about how excitement drives you and when you're excited, actually, people will follow and people will want to do what you're doing. So you being excited about the firewalk going, I want to do it for my 50th birthday and everyone going, oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. It's because of what was it's the energy you're generating within your soul that other people are going actually yeah I want to do that too that's why you know your human design is so interesting to be like you know you're passionate you're consistent that's your generator side your excitement is your manifesto side so I love this and I know that we've only just started looking into it and I've sent you a lot to kind of read through and you will I'm sure at some point but when you do read through it you'll find that actually your human design literally tells you who you are from the moment you were born yeah, that was so interesting. And yeah, and there's so much information. So I'm really looking forward to actually sitting down quietly and reading it. So yeah, I think that's a great thing you do because I found that so interesting when you told me to say that. Was it three months before you're born? Yeah. So your soul chooses your body three months before you're born. And that is when kind of you start becoming the human that you're meant to be. And then based on your three months before and that lead up to your birth, where the planets are aligned with your birth, that will then make up who you are as a person. So it's a bit of um, Chinese astrology, Western astrology and Vedic astrology all into one, which basically builds your chart. And obviously I've only sent you like a scratch on the surface of your chart. Like we can go quite deep into it. Um, And at some point I'll be offering that. But yeah, it's just so interesting to see that actually your human design really does tell us who you are and everything about you is pure manifesting generator, which is exactly like me. Like when we get excited about something, things will happen for us very quickly. Yeah. So actually I want to um, go back to the firewalk. So if someone wanted to do the firewalk with you, what kind of experience can they expect? Um. Okay. So the one we did in March and the next one's in October, October the 6th. Um, when you come, it's not, you don't just come and start firewalking straight away. So there's a whole lead up to it. So the first two hours you are going to, you'll get all the health and safety on it. You are prepared mentally to do something like this. You are, um, some people get to arrow break and glass walk. You can volunteer, um, if you want to. Um, and that's just to show you how strong your mind actually is. So we, um, once you're prepared in those first two hours and every, the energy is high in that yes. room at, at that time. And then everybody as a whole group will go. So the last one was 80 people. The next one will be about 120 people. So 200 people will have firewalked with me by the end, by mid-October. Amazing. Um, so we will go outside and as you're walking up, you see the fire. Um, so they have it's called a feeder fire so that's like big a blaze and it's and hot you can feel it right yeah yeah as soon as you get near it you're going to start feeling it and then you see the lane which is burning red and <laughs> it takes five seconds to walk across five seconds of your life where you're going to then have a power that you can pull on whenever you need it so for example I did it in 2006 and it lay dormant for 16 years I didn't know I was one day, 17 years later, it eventually happened that I would actually be hosting my own firewalk. And I was that person who was like, I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. I was convinced I was not doing it. And now I'm getting people to firewalk with me. I'm now a firewalk instructor. 
so I can build that fire, I can get you to firewall across there, get you prepared for it. So when you get outside now, so you've done everything inside, you're prepared mentally, you mm-hmm. get outside and yes, you're going to get a little bit scared when you see that fire. But when you do something, when you're scared, so when people say to me, I'm not doing the firewall, nah, that's not for me, I'm scared. That's exactly the reason why you should be doing yeah. it. Because when you overcome that fear, and we do it on a Friday evening. The reason why we do it on a Friday evening is that so that over the weekend you can savor that and integrate it, right? Thing that you've yeah. Just done, yeah. So then, when you go to work on Monday, you may still be talking about it, or um, but at least over the weekend you're still bouncing off the walls that you did something amazing and you've got over your fear. So um, you get to the front of the fire, and there will be um, either myself on the next one, or it will be the speaker. Um, who stands there and he will encourage you to walk across the whole team are there to make sure that you're doing it safely Mm. and that you're ready you do not start walking across until you're ready and you can um, say your mantra while you're going across you can go across silently everybody around you will be cheering you on so the energy from everybody is just epic like you want to walk it yeah. And if you don't, that's okay too. You can either go back to the um, back of the queue and then try again, or it just might not be your night. Nobody's going to force you. But when you do get to the other end and then you collect your certificate at the end and you've got your video of you doing it or your photo, like people will literally be, wow, did you yeah. do that? Because that is it. Your certificate says, I am a firewalker with yeah. your name on it. Yeah. And I did it obviously in March and I can 100% say that the experience was magnetic. Um, I remember walking up to that fire lane and being like, oh my God, it's burning red. It's burning red. I can't do this. I can't do this. And there was a speaker with his arms wide open just saying, you can do it. And the only thing going through my head was, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. And I went for it. And it's so quick that the first time I did it, it didn't register. So I actually went back and did it again. And the speaker, lovely man that he is, put brand new burning coals down, didn't he? The second time (laughs) I did it. I definitely (laughs) felt it the second time, but it is really empowering. And it is, you know, a face to fear that I never thought I'd firewalk, Fina. And when this opportunity came up, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I just want to feel something. You know, in March, I what whenever it was March, I, I wasn't in a great place in my life because I was just recovering from H. pylori. I didn't feel good about myself. Yes, I was studying and I was just graduated DCI, but I needed to have this, I guess I needed to feel again. And the firewalk helped me feel, which was incredible. So thank you for putting that on. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned something earlier that it, you know, it helps you face your fears. Why do you think it's important for us as human beings to face our fears? Funnily enough, I just read a book, Face, is it, um, I forgot what it's called now, Face Your Fears and Just Do It Anyway or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And she talks a lot about it as well because we're scared of a lot of things in life. Um, And there's risk around us all the time. Step out of your house, you don't know what's going to happen. And um, for me, it was, I wanted to stop being scared of doing so many things, of what people will say, um, you know, from the moment I, 15, my dad was like trying to find me a suitor to get married. And it was just, you know, life just happened to you. And a lot of things happened to me really, really young. And then 
you just sort of keep going through life because it's the thing to do. And I did a lot of things out of fear. Literally, mm. probably everything I did was out of fear because it was, what about this? What about that? What about my children? What about this person? What about that person? But when was I actually thinking about myself? Um, and again, I know these firewalks are held in Slough, so predominantly South Asian people at the firewalk, although there is a mixture as well. But yeah. we're really good at being scared. We're really good at almost telling ourselves we shouldn't be doing this. Um, oh, what if you burn? What if this? What if that? No, you're not going to burn. It's five seconds. You're not going to burn in five seconds. As long as, you, like you are told, to walk with purpose and yeah. You're not going to stand still on the fire. We wouldn't let you do that. And that's the only time you would burn. But you just wouldn't do that. Um, so, yeah, facing your fears for me is I just wanted to stop being scared and mm. stop and do things that everyone keeps telling me I can't do because I was then like, yeah, watch. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. So do you think that being scared obviously we are second born generation a no, first born generation in the UK right do you think you know as our parents our grandparents came to the UK you know they had this whole thing about we need to be safe right we're here to educate our children give them a better life um get a good job be secure have a mortgage do you think that actually a lot of our fear is inherited through kind of what our parents and grandparents and even our ancestors went through back in you know India or Africa or wherever they came from yeah definitely I mean I yeah I carried my parents fears so mm -hmm. my money mindset is my dad my fears as a woman are my mum and um, my mum's the same size as me so she was always a little bit like yeah but we're little we, we can't do this and so I was like, yeah, I'm little, I can't do this. <laughs> My daughter's little, but, you know, she doesn't listen. She does whatever she likes, which is yeah. great. Um, and my mum's still like that. And so, yeah, it is generational. Um, and my dad was always um, scared of things as well. So and they instill this fear in you. And mm. you, it, it takes ages to break it. And I wouldn't say I've completely broken it all, but... I know I've come in leaps and bounds. Like my, my parents sometimes, like they don't have social media, but they have WhatsApp, so they will sometimes see on my WhatsApp story. And my dad will be like, Fiend, what were you doing? What's that glass? Yes, dad. And then my mum's ringing me, were you walking on glass? What are you doing? <laughs> and it's like, because they're scared, because they think I'm going to hurt myself, or they just think I'm mad. Um, they're almost, they're still trying to tell me, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. that that's yeah. crazy, don't do that. So they're still, they're scared. They're still trying to put it onto me, but I've finally got to a stage where it's like, it's okay. So mm. I'm trying to get my mum, who is 72, to firewalk in October. Oh, wow. She probably will. Um, I'm not sure I can get my dad there, but I will try. Um, but yeah, and it's almost just to sh say, look, mum, I do it. You can do it. My daughter's already done it. My son's done it. Um, and yeah, but they're really proud moments to see your children do it because they did it they just didn't even bat an eyelid they just did it whereas for me it was a massive fear so yeah it's that generational thing first yeah. generation which is me which um yeah lots of things we we grew up um 80s primary school yeah. there was still a little bit of racism um there was um the whole Indian cultural thing no you're not going for a sleepover no you 
can't go to your friend's party. Uh, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. What will people say? Wear yeah. this. Don't do your hair like this. You know, yeah. a lot. And if yeah. you didn't do it like that, then we were scared. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're basically a cycle broker. And I love the fact that, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're breaking the cycle of generational trauma and generational, generational kind of thoughts and processes on how we live our life. But at the same time, you're going back to your mom and your dad, you're going, you know what, you could do this too. Like, let's empower you. So you really are like this magnetic force, I would say. Like when I met you, I was like, wow like I already love her I don't even know her you know <laughs> like everything you do and all the conversations we have I never walk away not feeling inspired I never walk away going oh that was a waste of my time I don't need you know whatever I always feel wow like spending time with you brings something to my life and all the people that are coming to the fireworks I can promise you that spending even two minutes in Vina's company when she steps on stage to welcome you you will feel like she has got your back so I want to thank you for that that's incredible um yeah so Tommy do you have a piece of advice that you would want to give to you know obviously this is a brown girl rising podcast we're here to help you know women break those cycles from traumas from their ancestors and literally become their best self their most empowered healthiest embodied self is there one piece of advice that you could give our listeners today on becoming that empowered woman um i would say have the right people around you um because sometimes we think you know, whether it's your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, or a friend you've had for 30 years, yes, they're still there, they're still a part of your life. But as you get older, as you grow, those people will change around you. Um, and that's not to disregard all the people that have been there for your whole life with you. But sometimes the new people you meet are going to help you grow in the next chapter of your life. And life is all about different experiences, different chapters. I'm not the person I was when I got married at 19, became a mother at 20. I, I'm not that person anymore. Um, and sometimes when I think back to what I did then and the way I would do it now, of course, completely different. So mm. change with time, surround yourself with the right people um, yeah. because the right people are going to help you grow and challenge you. So if your friend says she's scared to go to the firewalk, so come alone. There were so many people who came alone on the last one. And sometimes it's better to come alone because, you know, mind chatter of your friend next to you who's like, oh my God, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Like I was in 2006. But the person who was a complete stranger to me encouraged me to walk across. I go to events now and courses where, like my kids said to me when I went to become a firewall constructor, there were 17 people. I didn't know anybody. I was the eldest. I was the only brown girl. and um quite honestly when I went on stage to break through the brick with my hand I think they all panicked because the man um sorry one of the women before me didn't do it and she was younger and bigger than me and that scared me because I saw that she didn't do it and I was like oh my god how the hell am I going to do it then so I went up and that was actually going through my head but the trainer made me refocus, made me believe, made me think about what do I want to break through. And there was lots of things I wanted to break through. But mm. I focused on one thing. And I broke the brick with my hand. And literally the whole room stood up 
screaming that I had done it because I know deep down they thought I wouldn't do it. Aww. So, and even I was like, oh my God, did I just do that? And I was like, great, on video, I did do it. <laughs> so yeah, it's just pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, find the right people. Yeah. I know you asked for one thing, sorry, I'm going to give you a little bit. No, more. no, 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 this is amazing. The right people around you because since March and probably since January, I've had, in January, I had a real life-changing moment which has probably made me who I am today and it's happened really fast I mean we're in August so it's eight months down the line and I am a completely different person to who I was on 31st of December 2022 Um, and it was that one moment that changed my life even more than me planning a firewalk when I decided at 50 there was then another pivotal moment and then this is where I am today. Hmm. Can we talk about that pivotal moment? Yeah, um, so on, um, it's a bit emotional, but let me try and get through it. So on the 31st of December, my friend was, um, she'd been fighting cancer um, for about two years and she did really well. She lasted longer than the consultant thought she would. And on the 31st of December, her son called me to say, mum's going into a hospice tomorrow and she wants to go in your partner's car. So he's got a fast red car that she always wanted to go in. And we just never got around to doing it. And the other thing we never got around to doing, which she'd been asking me for a while, was making her videos to her children, her last words to her children. And for two years, I'd been saying to her, look, we need to get around to doing these. And she kept saying, let me make some notes. Let me make some notes. We'll do them. We'll do them. Every time I'd see her, I'd remind her. Now, I wasn't, I'd known her for about 30 years. We weren't overly close we'd see each other every now and then but for some reason I became somebody who was on that last journey with her um I didn't expect it to be me because like I said we weren't overly close but I don't know maybe it was meant to be me so 31st of December we get that call so then I said to her son does she want to go to the hospice in the car because we haven't done it yet and she said yes would that be okay? And I said, yeah. So I said to my partner, we were meant to go out to a New Year's Eve party, so we can't go out. I said, nine o'clock in the morning, we've got to be there. And she's uh, um, going to go in your car. And he said, okay. So we didn't go to the party, told my friend, really sorry, we can't come. This is what we're doing in the morning. So she understood. In the morning, we get there quarter to nine, get her ready to get in the car. And she comes out of the house with her oxygen tank. One of her children were holding an oxygen tank. And she got to the car and she looked back at her house because she knew she was never coming back and we were going to take her on her final journey and um, she did that she got in the car put the oxygen tank between her legs and she um, she was like okay let's go Uh, my partner went to press the button on the car and the car wouldn't start he's had the car for years absolutely nothing wrong with the car it's in pristine condition and it wouldn't stop and he looked at me and he he put me in the back of the car. And this is one time I'm really glad and lucky because I could fit in this little space. <laughs> anyway, I'm in the back and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, what's happening? Come on, let's go. And I'm like, so he turned it all off and she went, let's go. And he pressed the button again, it started. And we were like, okay, really freaked out at this point. The kids are taking videos of her getting in the car. Um, and she's really excited and close to We're off on this journey now. She's going to him faster, faster. And we're like, are you sure? Um, 
and she'd take her oxygen tank off and go, yeah, go faster, put some Punjabi music on and, you know, let's go. Um, she was a character. Anyway, we got to the hospice and she's telling everybody, I came in a Ferrari, it's parked out there and she was so excited and all the nurses were like going out to see. Anyway, um, she got put into the wheelchair, she, she was going to go upstairs and um, she started um, talking and she got a little bit confused and that was it. I just welled up, was like, this is it. This is her place where she's she's not coming home from here so she's never going in another car mm. and that was her last journey and she hardly knew my partner I think she only met him about three times but again he was meant to do that for her um took her up to a room it was a lovely room working in the hospice amazing place people who worked there like wow like hats off to them for doing these jobs and um settled in her room so this was Sunday New Year's Day Sunday anyway so she's settling in and I said stayed a little while and then I said I'll, I'll come back on another day and on Tuesday Wednesday I went to see her and just before uh sorry work was there the consultant came in and said um there's not there's nothing more we can do for you we'll yeah. just give you pain relief there's nothing more we can do for you anymore and she took it and then she was um the kids went out of the room for a minute and she got really agitated and she wanted her hairbrush and she was getting really annoyed that she couldn't find her hairbrush and I was like tell me where it is I'll look for it and then she's like well where am I going and she's like laughing she goes I don't need to comb my hair no one's going to see me I'm not going anywhere and I was like but if you want your hair combed I'll comb it for you she goes okay do it nicely and I'll try to do it nicely combed her hair and then I went outside to the kids and I said you can come back in and um one of the she's got twin girls she said to me mum hasn't done the videos yet I said I know I said we've been trying to do them for years two years we've been trying to do them they should have been done by now I said okay I said you mind waiting outside a little bit longer I said we're doing them now and she was like okay so they waited in the waiting room went inside and um eventually we're doing the videos now she goes no 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 come tomorrow I'll make some notes I said no we're doing them now I said just Whatever it is, if you get stuck, I'll interview you. Um, so if you really, really get stuck, um, don't worry, I'll cope you. It was the most hardest thing I have ever done in my life. So she was exactly the same age as me. We got married in the same year. We had kids about the same time. Um, a lot of life moments, but at the same time, she got divorced a few years before me. And then we lost touch for years and years and years. And then the first time she got cancer, really out of the blue I just messaged her one day she went oh my god she goes did you know and I was like did I know what and she's like I've just been diagnosed da, 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 da. and I was like no I didn't know so anyway we've connected again and we lost touch again then I she bought a house we connected again and that was only two years so about six months before she was diagnosed the second time when she bought her dream home wow anyway so we're going to start her videos now and the saying that came to my head was when death stares you in the face, because I'm holding my phone to video her. She's sitting there. She'll be able to take her oxygen mask off to talk so I can video her. And um, so I asked her first, which child are we doing the video for first? So she, she picked one of her daughters and um, she started, said a few sentences and then broke down 
and then I asked her some questions I was like you know it's her wedding what would you like to say to her it's her first day at her job what would you like to say to her so we got through it and we did the second daughter and then it was her the one to do for her son he's the eldest and that was really hard she mm. couldn't get her words out so I'm behind the camera screaming with tears as well um she's really crying and I had to keep going for her um and all I kept thinking was because our kids are about the same ages as well that this could have been me this could have been me doing my videos to my children you know my children are 30 and 26 and hers were about the same age as well and it's really hard because it doesn't matter what age they are it's really hard to leave your dying message to your children yeah the one for her son was really hard she broke down loads um and I really had to coax her through that one but it wasn't easy we hadn't prepared we sort of winged it but we had to there was no time left and then the instructions were that you will send these videos the day you get the call and that was Wednesday Thursday I am so glad we did them because Thursday she stopped talking that was it she, she didn't speak again it was like, yeah. videos on Wednesday we would have never got them done it was like it had to be done on the Wednesday yeah and I, I did literally force her. I could have listened to her because she said to me come back tomorrow and I was like no just going to do them today mm. we, we do them however we can and then if you want to do them again tomorrow we'll do them again tomorrow yeah but we did them and they were quite long videos they're on my phone and I knew I would hold on to them until I got that call so on the Sunday afternoon my phone rang and I saw her son's name come off my phone and I knew that was the call so he told me he was quite calm um great kid and um he told me and I said okay I said you know I've got some videos that I need to send you and he said yes I said do you want them now or do you want me to send them later and he said no send them now I said you don't have to watch them today obviously you watch them whenever you're ready and he said yeah that's fine Auntie Vina, just send them through and I did and I deleted them straight away because I just they weren't for me um and yeah, that was, that was like, it was almost like I was meant to do that as a purpose for her. Um, I I went through this when I was 25 as well, when I had to tell my mother-in-law that she had um, cancer as well. And mm. I was almost reliving it. And I just had my son at that time when my mother-in-law got diagnosed. It was three weeks after he was born. And I remember giving her the news. And then I did these videos for my friends and I just thought there's so many things she wanted to do. So many, at 51, she passed away and that's my age. Mm. There's so many things that I will still do. And she, she said, I'll translate it into English because we said it in Punjabi. I was like, you know, we've done so many things around about the same time. We got married three months apart. We had children around about the same time. She got divorced a little bit before me. I was like, we've done so many things round about the same time, like chapters in life. Yes, we've been in and out of each other's lives. So I was like, now you're going. She goes, my story's finished. She's like, you still live. You still have a story to write. Mm. And I said, so that was in January, in the spiral was wow. in March. And that gave me that final push I needed for the firewalk. So then when it was like, come and be a firewalk instructor, and I was like, yeah. I'm going to do it. Oh, right. Wow. Life really is short, isn't it? 
you've just got to do it and you have yeah. so many more chapters in your book to write you're incredible let me just say thank you for sharing that story I know that was hard um but it just shows us that the things we go through and the things other people go through can have a massive impact on us and that moment was a moment for you yeah yeah wow. she gave me so many lessons in what it took me about 15 minutes to do all three videos and that she taught me a, a big lesson about life yeah incredible Fina you're a powerhouse you're beautiful inside and out um you know if anyone wants to do the firewalk and be empowered and face their fears and experience the magic of it how do they you know is there any tickets left for October the 6th and how do they get in touch with you so there's only 12 tickets left um wow they'll be they are on sale um it's through Eventbrite the link is in my bio on my Instagram page which is uh, makeup underscore by underscore Vina. um and then to follow on, if, if you can't make it to the firewalk, for whatever reason, it's a Friday evening, 5.30 to 10.30. But if you can't make it, if you follow our page, Soul Fire London, there's going to be more firewalks, glass walks, arrow breaks, a whole host of events that mm. you can come to. So if you can't make it to this one, please don't worry. You will get an opportunity. There will be another firewalk. Um, haven't got a date for it yet, but definitely will be. Um, please don't be scared. Like, talk to me. If you want to talk to somebody who's done it, talk to Ushi. Um, it's not as scary as you make it in your mind. Yeah, it really isn't. So to end on a high, I just want to make sure that brick was actually cut, wasn't it? You didn't really break yes, through it. I broke it. It's on my social media, you can see me smash through it. And oh. I, the hardest thing actually wasn't the brick. At the end of the video, there's a metal rod um, that you bend with that soft part of your neck. Oh. With, so it's two people um so one of the ladies I did it with um who was on my course um I didn't want to do it and she was like Vina you're going to be my partner I was like oh Fiona really um anyway I went up these are apparently the beams that go into the ground for foundation of a big building Jesus um so that's a more and that's not something we're going to be teaching because it's an advanced um thing that you do so, yeah, I mean, I did this on my last day after I had done things like trust falls and 120 firewalks and all of that. So your mindset is completely different to be able to do something like that. So that was the hardest thing I did was bending that metal rod with my neck, with someone pushing from the other side and we walk towards each other. It was mad. Given me the heebie-jeebies already. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. I did it. Amazing. <laughs> Davina, can you just tell us um, how people get in touch with you again, your social media, the date of the firewalk, and just kind of have a nice little wrap up. Um, just, yeah, your last words, if possible. Okay, so Friday 6th of October, it's in Slough at the Delta Marriott. Uh, starts at 5.30 by 10.30pm, you will be a firewalk with a certificate in your hand. Um, the, there's going to be just over 100 people at the next one. How you book is linked in my bio on my social media, which she you're going to be tagging me anyway. Yes, so in the show notes, there yeah. will be a um, link there to buy the ticket. The tickets are £99. Like I said, there's only 12 left. Yes. Um, so it's nearly sold out already. Um, yeah, and just come and mm. enjoy this power that you're going to be able to pull on forever. And 
one of the things someone's actually booked to bring their son who's 18 oh by the way he has to be 18 um who's 18 imagine giving your child that gift you know what we can buy them trainers we can buy them new clothes we can give them money for their holiday pay for their holiday whatever but imagine giving them something like this so let me give you an example my son had to give um on an interview recently he had to say um, an interesting fact about himself he said i'm a firewalker literally the two interviewers were like you're what and they were, he, he repeated it and then they were, the interview went totally off track because then they wanted to know how long it took how long was the firewalk wow how come you did that did you burn yourself how did you feel um, and they were really in, impressed by it so it, it is a really interesting fact fun mm. firewalker that's what you can say yeah absolutely I've never used that, but I am going to use that. I am a firewalker. Um, so look, guys, if you want to do the firewalk, you can find Vina's details in the show notes on the 6th of October, 5.30 p.m. at the Delta Maria in Langley, Slough. Um, yeah. And if that isn't your thing, you can also find Vina at Pretty Perfect London and be empowered by facials and massages and all that kind of stuff to help you feel good from the inside out. I had a beautiful massage, no, facial yesterday, um, the Barbie Mania facial, and I feel incredible. I've got barely any makeup on right now and I feel like a powerhouse just from just from doing something for myself from the outside as well as the inside so thank you Vina for your time thank you I've appreciated loved having you on the podcast and we'll definitely have you back I think after the firewalk as well just so you can do a roundup of the event and tell us about the next one so thank you very much guys you can follow me on I am unlimited Urvashi or brown girl rising and I will see you on the next one